Reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of CoveyClub.com and also of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something we don't like to talk about, death and grieving. And we have a wonderful writer, Caddy Duraghi, who has written a memoir called The Butterfly Years, A Journey Through Grief Towards Hope. And she also has a, a little workbook that goes with that to help you through your grief. And she will talk to us about, she lost her whole family practically, her whole older family, her personal parents and step-parents and everything in less than six months. And it hit her in a way that she didn't expect. And um, she had to find a lot of resources and a lot of outside help to get her through the feelings and the regrets and the sadness that she didn't know would descend on her. And so I think this is a wonderfully inspiring discussion about how you deal with grief, how you get rid of those shoulds, all the shoulds you think you should have said, you should have done, you should have handled differently. How do you let go of that? And how do you live with it? And how do you at the same time laugh and cry? As she says, it was a cycle for her. It was not step one, two, three, four, five, and suddenly you're done grieving. It doesn't work that way for her. So she gives you a whole reading list. She gives you a whole list of people to listen to and download, and hopefully will make your transition easier. So I welcome you to listen to Caddy. Hi, Caddy. So great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Leslie. Happy to be here. So let's talk a little bit about your history and why you reinvented. Talk a little bit about where you grew up, what you started out doing, and then how you came along the road to write your memoir, which is called The Butterfly Years, A Journey Through Grief Toward Hope. So let's start at the beginning, though, because that gives people an idea of where did she come from? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's interesting you talk about reinvention because I feel like I reinvented myself a few times over. So I, uh, I grew up in Iran originally, and we immigrated when the revolution happened in 79 and moved first to, to London for a little bit and then to Los Altos in Northern California, where I went to high school. So the, I think first step in reinvention certainly happened there as an immigrant trying to figure out my, my ways around the world. And I didn't speak English very well. That's huge reinvention. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's something that bubbles up every once in a while as things happen that trigger me and take me back to being that little girl. Uh, it's, it's funny how life sometimes just reminds you of these things on a regular basis. Don't you find there are things from there that you use in your current life? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. So yeah. let's talk about those when you're reminded of those. That would be great. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that reminds me of that is inclusion, um, because at the time I didn't feel included. And that was a huge lesson for me and kind of how I've lived my life is just acceptance of everyone out there because there was a time, you know, high school is a hard time for anyone, let alone coming into high school in the middle of ninth grade, which is what I did. 
And horrible. I can't yep. even imagine. It's I my parents moved a lot because they were in the military. Mm-hmm. And I was always coming in like on Valentine's Day or oh, I was God. always, you know, these are the old days, but they didn't care. They didn't wait for you to finish school. They just yanked you out and moved you along like a piece of baggage with them. So I can relate a tiny bit, but certainly not by a whole cultural change, which must be really tough. Yeah. So it was tough, but yeah, you, you totally get it. High school is just tough. Oh my God. Like I would never want to go back to being 13 again. <laughs> so my hat's off to 13 year olds out there who are charting their, their course uh, as we speak. So yeah, so high school was interesting. And uh, not only was it a new country, a new language, a new place, but it was also during the time where the hostages were taken. So being Iranian wasn't you know, something that I was very proud of at the time, which uh, I'm embarrassed about now and ashamed of. Oh my God, how tough. So I've come to terms with that, but I think that was the biggest lesson. The biggest lesson then was just this lesson of inclusion and how important it is that we are inclusive of everyone, regardless of race, gender, nationality, beliefs. Uh, And that's been a big, big thing that has been with me throughout my life. And uh, what brought me to the point of writing the book, um, the book is a memoir, my own personal story through grief. And uh, I think the biggest lesson there has been that everybody goes through this journey on their own and to be accepting of however someone feels. And, you know, there are people who go through their grief journey for years and years and years and it's raw for them for mm-hmm. all of those years mm-hmm. and being there for them and uh, there are others who continue with life and doesn't mean they're not grieving from the outside it may seem it but that's we can't pass judgment on that and just just allowing people to to be so tell us, take us back a little bit after high school. What did you do? Did you grow up in California? Did you go to college? I did. did. I did. I went to college. I went to UC Santa Cruz, uh, which is a, just a beautiful community. Again, very, very accepting and very inclusive. So I went there and that was the first time where I felt that I had found my community. College was a great, great place for me to kind of come out into my own and feel solid for the first time in four years. And that had been the four years of high school were just not solid. So college was that. And I I became an English literature major, which was quite a bit of a challenge since I didn't speak English that well, uh, even then. I guess I put a challenge out to myself unknowingly and funny enough that finally, after 40 years, I used that degree to to write my book because my career had, it didn't have anything to do with academics or with literature. I, after college, I went to fashion school and went into retail for 10 years and loved every minute of it. And the role that I had had a lot to do with women and transformation because I was a personal shopper and I would help people transform, you know, physically their, 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 you know, through clothing, but their self-esteem and their confidence. And that was a beautiful journey to be very intimately involved with, with people to help them 
become better, stronger versions of themselves. In this yes. case, through, through clothing, but I think it was very powerful. Clothing can do a lot. I spent most of my life in the fashion business. So I oh, know you did? You yeah, okay. yeah. I ran, I ran fashion magazines, Mary Claire, and um, but my, I was at Vogue for nine years. So yes, I know how ah, that can transform. And how, you know, looking good translates to feeling good. We know Absolutely. that and we actually know the research that shows that it does. Absolutely. And it's interesting because as I was going through grieving, there were days that I didn't even want to come out of my pajamas. Sure. And those were the days that I actually felt worse than yeah. the days that I took a shower, yeah. forced, you know, forced myself out of bed, took a shower, put a makeup on and just presented myself out there in the world again. Right. There is something you're absolutely right, that there's something that happens just when we it makes us feel better. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, buying a new lipstick and it would get me to go to class on Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I could wear the lipstick. It was like, I was not interested in going to class, but I was very interested in how the new lipstick might affect me. <laughs> I totally relate. <laughs> right. So talk a little bit about, so what is the grief book about and what grief are you grieving? Can you speak about it? Sure. Um, so in 2011, I lost my stepmom, my dad, and my mom within a four-month period of time. And uh, so that was a pretty difficult journey to go through. And then two years later, I lost two other family members. And then a year later, I lost my stepfather. So in a four-year period, three-and-a-half-year time frame, it was just a really, really dark, difficult time. And I had never gone through grief before, not to that extent, certainly. And it was a time that was filled with guilt and shame and self-judgment. And I should have done this and I should have done that. And I should have said this and I should have said that. And, you know, in addition to the loss, it was such a time of, you know, just being mean to myself you know just the things I said to myself during those times was not right um, and most of it stemming from the relationship that I had had with my mom towards the end of her life and um, the arguments you know she died of lung cancer but she was a smoker and that because of her cigarettes we just got into arguments all the time and I so regretted that I should have just let it be but I but I couldn't at the time so a lot of the grief was compounded with the self-judgment and the, and the guilt. And once I, you know, it, it took a while, it had to settle deep into my heart for me to kind of step out of it and be able to recognize what was going on. This idea that really came out and I didn't do it purposefully. It just, because of the various people I have had in my life, fortunate to have in my life, I fell into this path of self-care and meditation and journaling and exercise and reaching out to community. And these things, little by little, are really what helped me on this journey and eventually allowed me to create the journal for others who are going through this as well. So the memoir is pers my personal story, what I learned about myself and really speaking only from my experience, that's the only thing I can own. 
and then the journal is kind of putting it into some some tools for others to utilize as well. So are they two separate books? Two separate books. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I was confused. What yep. is so the the book, the memoir is the butterfly years. What is the journal? I don't see that written up. What is that called? That's the butterfly years journal. So it's the oh, book. Yeah, oh, I see. So they're two things by the same name. Is that correct? Yep. One's the book and one's the journal. I see. Okay. And where can we find those on Amazon? Uh, the book is on Amazon. Uh, the, yes, the book is on Amazon. The journal itself is on butterflyyears.com. And I actually have a special discount for your, for your guests that I will share with you. Thank if anybody you. is interested, absolutely. Great. That's wonderful. Yes. So give us that and we'll put it into the um, show notes. So talk about what were the things, because so many people are grieving in so many different ways, not just the death of people, but the death of their lives previous before COVID, yes. the death of their routine, the death of their jobs. Their, I mean, everything has changed, not by our decision, right? Exactly. And for some people that hits in ways that can make them feel like they are in a grief situation. And then some exactly. people, of course, um, you know, millions of people have lost people during COVID. Mm -hmm. So what were the things that you did? Like, did you, are there specific links or, you know, people you followed or books you read or coaching you got, or where did you go to actually help pull yourself out of it? What are the concrete kind of steps and things you found? How did you get into meditation? Where did you find your meditation, for instance? Uh for sure. Happy to share. So I am fortunate to be part of a community that is called the Entrepreneurs Organization. And, you know, with the experience that I have had through EO, um, I've had a chance to just be exposed to different speakers, different trains of thought. So a lot of what I embraced and kind of owned for myself was what I was learning through EO. But the biggest thing that happened again through EO was this opportunity, actually, funnily enough, seven years ago, exactly today, uh, was this opportunity to get on stage and speak my story and tell others about what was going on. And I remember just the heart palpitation and the sweaty palms. I had never spoken in front of a group before. And almost kind of like had to push me on stage because <laughs> I was had straight stage fright, but I didn't want to get off of that stage. It was so cathartic and so therapeutic to be able to just share the story. So that's the first and biggest lesson to anyone out there is don't keep it bottled in. Don't think you're the only one who's going through this. There's a whole community of people out there who are feeling your pain, who will celebrate your joy and they will celebrate your growth. So just, I firmly believe we all have a story to share. So let's share it. And what I didn't do because I didn't know about it, but I make a point of telling everybody about it now is there are grief circles. There are death circles. There are death dinners. There are online tools there's option b has a great community of just connecting with others who are going through through grief 
Open to Hope is another community, uh, online community where people can share their stories. For me, that speaking opportunity was a huge step forward. And then from there, I continued journaling. I knew I had some unfinished stories some, and unfinished conversations with my loved ones and getting it out of my head, out of my heart, and just be able to talk about it was huge. Even if nobody was listening, even if it was just through the pages of a book or pages of a journal, sharing that and just getting it out of my head just helped me resolve the guilt, resolve the, the shame. It didn't resolve the loss though. I mean, that is, I think, a reality that I've learned to live with. And you know, that will be with me forever. They do, these people are not coming back. Right. But the, the, the guilt and the shame and all of that has been resolved. So now I can just go back and remember the good times and remember the joy and not necessarily be dwelling in the illness and the patient and the loss. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and all it. the things, I mean, we always talk about stop shooting on yourself, yeah. which is all the shoulds, we're all full of a billion shoulds. Yeah. Um, but part of, I think, coming to terms with who we are as humans, we have to let go of the shoulds. There is a gazillion shoulds. Mm -hmm. And we're not all going to make them. Yep. And, and besides, some of those shoulds are coming from other people. Yes. They're not about us. Yes. And that's not good either. So, yes. so talk a little bit about other things that helped pull you out. So it's out there speaking your truth and mm -hmm. somehow sharing it with the world. Yeah. And what the other, other things? Yeah. The other things last year, I think the biggest lesson, the biggest teacher was nature. Aha. Uh -huh. And I, I remember we were coming back to my mom's house and you know, she had passed, she passed in April of 2011 and just the road back to her place. She lived in Vegas at the time. Um, the road back to her place, like I had not noticed how beautiful and green the lawns were. And I had never noticed how beautiful the flowers were at that in April and how just how gorgeous the sounds of the birds were. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why am I noticing beauty when like there's so much darkness in my heart right now? And nature kept teaching me like the next morning, the sun came out and I was like, oh, how could the sun come out? Like, I thought the world was, my world is over. How come the sun is coming out? And just like these little things in nature just allowed me to recognize and appreciate the cycle of life, that death is part of that cycle. We're all gonna experience it of our own and of our loved ones, but then births happen and beauty happens as much as the same as you know, ugliness and darkness is there. And that was the biggest lesson is the power of nature and the, the really the healing teacher that nature can be. So long walks, but you know, I'm fortunate I live in Los Angeles and by the ocean, just mother nature allowing that to really foster. So 
what I share with people is if you're going through something, it, and it doesn't have to be loss of a loved one. To your point, it could be loss of a job, loss of a relationship, loss of a pet, loss of an identity, um, is to allow yourself to be out there, to, to witness this, this rebirth and regrowth that is happening in front of us every single second. And then yeah, gratitude. Yeah, keep going. And I said gratitude. And this happened early on. This happened, um, you know, I've been doing a gratitude journal for years. Even as a kid coming from Iran, as, as difficult as high school was, I was grateful that I wasn't in a war zone. I was grateful that I wasn't in a revolution. I was grateful that we were in a new place. Um, even though like at the, at the time I didn't have a passport, I didn't have citizenship, we were going through the process. I was grateful that you know, somebody had accepted me. I was grateful that you know, I had a, a, you know, fought a, um, a stepfather who accepted me. That's a, just remembering all the good that I can still be grateful for despite everything else is so healing and just being able to help other people who maybe aren't as fortunate as we are. So the gratitude practice, meditation, I, I did a Deepak Chopra meditation. I've been doing it for years. Uh, I can't meditate on my own, but to have a soothing voice to do a guided meditation for me has been a, a lifeline. So meditation, gratitude, journaling, community, nature, and really all of it dovetails into, you know, self-care. It's putting myself and taking care of myself because if I don't, there was really nobody else too at the point. Everybody had passed on. So that recognition was really important. Now, do you have any brothers and sisters or were these, were you an only child? No, I do have brothers and sisters. They also were going through their own grief, uh -huh. their, you know, their own journey, whatever that was for them. And of course, you know, having that community with them, it was really, really important. But my journey was a different journey than theirs. And theirs was different than mine because it is mm -hmm. such a personal, personal path. Sure. And that's a big recognition is just to allow people to just be, a, and you're, I agree with you. There's a lot of shooting that goes on uh, and there's a lot of shooting in grief. You know, you, you should be over it now. Right. You know? Oh my God. I hear that a lot. Yes. And no, I shouldn't be over it. If I'm not ready yet, then I'm not ready yet. You know, or, you know, you should be crying or you should stop crying or you're still talking about this. I, I, you know, there's so much shooting <laughs> in mm. grief. Mm -hmm. Any other specifics um, with your gratitude journal? Was it a was it an actual journal where you would write things? Because there, there's, you know, there's sayings, there's habits you can form, but was it a, a journaling practice? Uh, for me, in, in the beginning, it was a journaling practice and it was just a blank piece of, you know, it was just like a regular notebook. It was nothing fancy, just a regular right. notebook. I would write in it. Um, at first, I would start uh, in the beginning when I started it. It was at the end of the evening before I went to bed. I would take a moment and just write three to five things that I was grateful for. And sometimes there were silly things like, right. you know, I'm grateful for my cats. Right. Because, because I am. Right. right. 
And then I changed my practice and I went the digital route. Uh, There's there's an app called Day One. And uh, you can use the app and you can actually add an image to it. So it was a, so in the, in the app, I would type in whatever my, my three to five gratitudes were. And I would put a picture of that day in there oh, too, lovely. which I, yeah, which I loved, but then I went away from it because I didn't necessarily want to have a digital, like the, I didn't want to do a digital thing right before I went to bed. I made a practice, yes. you know, yeah. I made a practice of like getting off digital yep. before you go to bed. Yes. Very exactly. smart. Yes. So then I changed it where um, I went back into a written, you know, a written form. And I find for me personally that the, the tactile, you know, the art of the actually physically writing, yes. there's some, there's a power to it. There's some, yes. something there. So I prefer that, but certainly there's a lot of beautiful digital tools out there uh, for people to create. And it's, you know, it's, it's, a simple thing to do. It's not always an easy thing to do. I think when we're in the thick of things, it's, it's easy not to see the beauty around us. Right. But all we have to do is look. What was the thing that surprised you the most about grief? One, how long it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And even though it's a has settled deep in my heart, there are things that come up that trigger me and they, you know, they're, they're beautiful memories. And actually I don't want to ever forget. Right. Because now it takes me to a a happy place of remembering the, you know, remembering the people without the pain. Um, But I think the thing that's most surprising to me is I had made the assumption prior to going to, to, through this, that there were, and wrongfully on my part, that there were actually like these five steps of grief. Yes. People say that's not necessarily true anymore. No, no, it's, it's not. And certainly there's more than five emotions. There's, it's not cyclic, you know, it's not a, a continuum. Steps. It's a cyclical, it, they all happen right. at the same time and uh-huh. they change at a, a, on a dime. So that was a big surprising lesson I I was hoping that there would be like these steps and finally there would be an acceptance and then at the right. and then that would be done but right. that's certainly not the case so it's a cycle and you keep cycling back through them yeah, yeah there's a wave. Recent, <laughs> recent writing about that saying that those everybody thought it was step by step by step and then you're out yeah and that's not how it works yeah. And I think it was a misinterpretation of her yes. writing. I don't think that yes. was what she intended either. Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, it's the typical how-to-ness of our world, which is, okay, step one, two, three, four, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with grief. I'm, I'm moving on. You yeah, know, we exactly. love to move on, fix exactly. it and move on, right? Yeah. You asked about some tools. Uh, yes. There were a couple of really amazing books uh, that I would recommend to people to, to get. One is by an author called Megan Devine, and the book is called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. Wow, great. And, and it's, it's pretty raw. Uh, and I felt that she really spoke to what I was going through. Her story is about a loss of a, a partner. And mm-hmm. obviously my story is about loss of a parent, but uh, I think the emotions were very parallel. So I, I enjoyed reading that. And then uh, there was another book by an author called George Bonanno, and I hope I don't mispronounce the title, but something like um, The Other Side of Sadness, I believe mm. is the, the title. And okay. 
he spoke to what he spoke about was very much what I was going through. He talks about oscillation and mm-hmm. how we're sad and we're happy. We, mm-hmm. we laugh and we cry. And mm-hmm. th- that was what, I, what, that was my experience of grief to the T like, mm-hmm. because if I laughed, I would do it with judgment. I was like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be laughing. I should be crying, but I was mm-hmm. laughing mm-hmm. and he put it, to words for me that made sense to me that this is just what it is. This is just the again cycle of life. We right. do laugh and we cry and we do die and then there's birth and like all of this, right. it just made sense. Right. So two very very good books um, that I would highly recommend anyone who's going through this, or Fantastic. to recommend it to others. Great. Well, thank you so much. And I think, you know, this is so timely. Everybody feels some kind of grief um, at this point and is struggling with how to deal with it. And as our parents get older, you yes. know, that everybody's looking at that issue. Yes. And it's not always nice and it's not always easy. And we're told that if we do step one through five, it's going to be easy. And it's not. Exactly. So I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I think one final word, Leslie, sure. is. We don't talk about death. No, we don't. You know, and then it happens and then we're shocked and uh, unprepared for it. So if, and thank you for this opportunity to talk to you and to your audience, if we can create a space where people can talk about it. Yes. And put things and put plans in place. So at least that burden isn't left on the the survivors. Yes. It It just makes, let's demystify it. Yes. Thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Are you out there online? Can they follow you? I am out there online. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Kathy Duraghi. My book site is butterflyyears.com. My own personal site is kathyduraghi.com, as well as the recruitment side of my world, which is my, my core business, is artisancreative.com. They can find me on all of those. Awesome. So they can reach out and say they heard you on on the podcast um, and ask you questions if they need to. Absolutely. And I will also share with you the discount code if anybody is interested in just going through that journey on their own and want to experience it. Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes. Thanks so much, Caddy. I so appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining this conversation with us. I hope if you enjoyed this conversation, you will subscribe to Reinvent Yourself and you will listen to our other reinventors and how they did what they had to do to get them where they are today. I hope also you will mosey on over to coveyclub.com. Check out all the content we have there. We have articles. We have all kinds of things for you. Um, that are original pieces. We have downloads, we have checklists, all about how to get your, uh, get your reinvention going. And if you really want some help, you should join Covey Club. The Nest with Covey Club is our way to connect you to all the fabulous women in Covey who will help you with your journey, no matter what it is. Reinvention is not easy and it should not be done alone. It's too isolating and too difficult. 
and we want to be there for you. As we like to say, we will hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And that's what we do over at CoveyClub.com. So come on over and check us out. And until next time, we will see you then.